With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 92 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, April the 17th, 2021. My name is Jeremy Lee. Before we get to tonight's episode, I do want to thank last Saturday's guest, Ken Golden of Golden Auctions. We had a great discussion. Check it out. That episode is on the YouTube channel in the archives. I also want to thank last Saturday's After Hours guest, Chase Rhymes, sophisticated collector. We had a good follow-up to the Ken Golden episode. Um, check that out. It, it, was, it was really great as well. Next Saturday on the show, my guest will be the CEO of fractional ownership company Otis, Michael Karnjanapricorn. He'll be joining me. I'm looking forward to getting to know him better and learning all about what Otis is up to. And next Saturday on After Hours, joining us again will be Carvin Chung, the architect, the inventor of the Exquisite and the Cup and very popular hobby personality. Looking forward to having him back again. I want to welcome all new viewers. We just passed 2,650 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So thank you very much to each of you. And if you are new here and not yet subscribed, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Shout outs, guys. We got shout outs tonight to the podcast listeners. Appreciate you guys and hope eventually you can watch it live. I've seen a few of you in here for the first time recently, and that's pretty awesome. So thank you to the podcast listeners. Also want to shout out the Big Three Hockey. Give them a follow on Instagram. There they are on the ticker right now. These guys are great, and they are great supporters, and uh, they love the channel. So give them a follow on Instagram if you have not yet done that. We have a new shout-out. This is actually pretty cool. Um, so there is a, a website called MajorLeagueSocks.com, and these guys sell socks with pictures of hockey and baseball players on them. And I was actually, I needed to pick up a couple of pairs for my buddy for his birthday. So I went on the site and I and I, play, I put the order in the shopping cart. I ended up phoning the company up and I said, hey, do you have a discount code available? And then I'm like, wait a second, maybe we should get to see if they'll give one for the channel. So they did. We got a 20% discount code. And I, I actually, I want to show them. I, I have, I got, I bought like 20 pairs from these guys so just to see what they look like there's Timo Solani with the Jets there's Connor McDavid Sidney Crosby and Gordy Howe I haven't even worn these ones yet and they come in these pretty cool boxes I don't know I just think they're awesome I wear them I'm wearing Alexander Ovechkin's on my feet right now just wanted to let you all know uh, they support important causes like the Movember Foundation and that so um, I'm going to stream the discount code for you on the bottom shortly Check them out and receive 20% off your order. I did, and I just ordered like 11 more pairs from them. So pretty cool. 
All right, and my final shout out of the night. Uh, this is this is kind of cool, guys. Yesterday it snuck up on me, but uh, yesterday was the one year anniversary since the first episode of Sports Cards Live. I'm even wearing the same shirt I wore that night just for fun. So I want to I want to shout out like all the viewers, the listeners, the subscribers, all the guests, all the advisors I've talked to along the way that have given me great advice, supporters, you know, and all the friends that I've made. It's it's just been an awesome experience for the last year. And I, I just got to thank everybody for really enhancing my hobby experience. It's been great. You know, this is the 92nd episode of Sports Cards Live. We've done 32 episodes of After Hours. That's 124 episodes total. And we've had over 100 unique guests on the show. So what a ride it's been. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Okay. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode. We have Eric Doty coming on. He is the CEO of Loop the App. He has signed up to join us for the Sports Cards Live 5 at the end of the show. So stick around for that. And then later tonight on After Hours, our guest will be super high-end collector Eric Myers. All right. We're going to get to tonight's guest. All right. His first memory of cards goes back to collecting with his father and his Derek Jeter gold cards that his parents ended up throwing out which he wished they did. He wishes they didn't. His favorite teams are the Seattle Seahawks, the Miami Heat, and the Buffalo Sabres. I told him I was going to throw in the Sabres. Favorite athletes are Marshawn Lynch and Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners, originally from Buffalo, New York, currently hailing from Miami, Florida. Let's bring him out. Eric Doty, welcome to episode 92, Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing good tonight. All right. Well, that's cool, man. So it's great to have you. I mean, you're... You're one of these entrepreneurs who's starting up a company, and I know that you conceived the idea before the pandemic. And we're going to get into that. But what's interesting to me, number one, is that you know you you've you've got the concept, you built it out, you've rolled it out, and 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 then the pandemic hits. And I I, I want to get into that, but um, I think it's inspirational. You know, there's so much more, um, so many more companies coming out and supporting the hobby and being a part of it. So. I'm excited to learn about what Loop is, a little bit more about what it is and what the what your vision is and really the need that you're looking to fill with it. So before we get into all that, let's welcome some of the guests that we have already, some of the viewers who are joining us in the chat. And then we're going to get into, we're going to start with a bit about you. Because what, what I do like to do on the show, as, as the audience knows, is really introduce the people behind some of the brands, some of the companies that are in, in the hobby. So we're going to do that. We're going to get to know Eric. And, uh, and then we're going to hear all about what he's up to. But before we get to that, we got Frank Costella in the house. Good evening, Frank. Glad to have you. Yannick, great to see you. Thank you for the congratulations. Appreciate it. Dennis Lescom is here. Good evening, Dennis. We got Rocco Rosado. Looking forward to the usual interesting and informative show. Thank you, Rocco. Terry Fortune in the house. Terry joined us on Clubhouse today. Jeremy Fringle. My boy Joe Perot is here. Brandon Metalberg, welcome to the show. Here and ready to learn. Very cool. Jeff McMahon, good evening to you. Brent Criswell, 23 Aaron is, is back. Happy Saturday to you, sir. Jay Sut Card, good evening. Card Shop Dad, you're the best. Thank you, Card Shop. That's very nice of you. Sanderson to Orr, you do need those Gordy House socks. I've got them right here. I haven't worn them yet. I, like Anyway, we'll, I'll talk more about those later, perhaps. Steve Menzi, owner of the Sport Card Expo, welcome to the show. Hey, man, my pleasure. Thank you for what you do as well. My boy, Sam Genova, thank you so much. Good to see you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, BT. Really appreciate that. David G., good evening to you. Nick, one year of fantastic interviews. Congrats. Hope the show has continued for many more years. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. 
We got Ronnie Myers Shafik. Good evening. And Yamwax has joined us. Thank you so much, Yam. Much appreciated and appreciate what you're doing as well. Card Canucks, that's Charles. Good evening. And Joe, I appreciate that so much, my friend. All right, Eric, the intros are done. <laughs> I, I recognized a few of those names. <laughs> What's that? I recognized a few of those names. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. And we got Hockey Hockey. Good evening, Hockey Hockey, and thank you. So listen, let's let's hear a I mean, you as I mentioned in my intro, you were a collector as a young kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's hear a little bit about like you growing up. Where do you come from? And are, are you a collector by like, are you a collector through and through? Tell us a little bit about uh, kind of everything that takes you up until your the start of your professional career. Okay. Um, so I grew up on a dairy farm in the middle of nowhere, um, south of Buffalo, New York. Um, didn't grow up with a ton of money. I think my biggest, my biggest uh, luxury was probably a Super Nintendo that I saved up all my allowance for like the whole year. And uh, my parents, <laughs> I gave that to my parents and said, can you please make this happen for Christmas? So um, Super Nintendo was like my, my big thing as a kid. And uh, I played sport. I played like three different sports. My dad coached the, the local so summer soccer league team for kids. And uh, we just started, I don't even remember how it started. We, we just started collecting sports cards together. It was mostly baseball and I think a little bit of basketballs. And, uh, you know, we couldn't really go out and see professional sports where we live. So my real connection to the pros was these cards and learning their names and reading all the fine print on the back. And I, like you said, I remember having a lot of Derek Jeter draft pick cards, um, especially a lot of the uh, the gold foil ones, you know, the special inserts, which now I think if you look at those graded, you can you can understand why I cried <laughs> when my yeah. when my mom said she threw them all away a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up going to a local engineering school um, in Alfred, New York. And uh, after I graduated there with my degree, I, I drove off to Seattle with the hopes to work at Microsoft, which um, we'll probably get into, but I ended up working there for many years. So, okay, that, I mean, that, well, there you go. Let, let's segue right into that then, because what I'm what I'm interested in, I think is, is gonna be insightful is sort of like you worked at Microsoft. So let's talk about that. What did you do there? And and then what did you take from that and, and use towards uh, what you're doing with Loop the app now? And how did you, how did you even get, how, so actually go take, take a step back. You drove to Seattle, hoping to work at Microsoft. What, what happened? How did you get that job? Um, I just kept applying. I, I took a job at CBS radio. So I actually worked on, I did some web work and event work for a few stations in Seattle for CBS radio. And obviously like not a big radio person. <laughs> Again, video games was my thing. Um, so I just kept applying to Microsoft and, and finally found a contract role that was available and took that. And then in about seven months, I was amazingly just reporting directly to the GM of Xbox Live and working with the VP of Xbox Live at the time. And, you know, I basically built a career there for almost seven years, just moving around the, the company, working heavily on, I guess, the simple way to put it is kind of being like the voice of the the gamer. So if there's a new project coming out or um, a new initiative, and I would step in and be like, 
how can I help you? Like, is there, a, I mean, there are people that are really good at certain things like marketing, but it doesn't hurt to have somebody that's a, an expert on the thing that you're obviously talking about or advertising to people like me who, who play video games all the time. So I did that for about six years, um, worked on a lot of public things like the when we expanded Xbox Live to Russia, and I think it was Colombia and a couple other regions, um, I helped with someone else. We basically led that initiative, um, as well as worked on a big campaign for the launch of Xbox One. But if you've ever worked in a really big company, you learn that there's a lot of reorgs. <laughs> After really big events, a lot of times there's resets of like, okay, well, we scaled up a bunch of teams to get this done, but now we don't need those teams organized like that. We're going to move people around. And, and it's always it's always stressful time. Sometimes you move offices. And I think by the time I ended my time at Microsoft, I was on like my 12th reorg. And I was like, look, you know, I wanna I wanna go work some at some place that has less red tape, no reorgs. <laughs> so I went in the startup world um, where I ended up at Mom Crush, um, which is a live streaming, it was a video game live streaming service. Um, and I worked there for about five years. I was employee eight and then worked my way up to head a product. And uh, you'll find with with Luke, a lot of things we think about in a video game sense. Um, just like, how do we make sure that every button press is fun and immediately does the thing that you expect it to do? Where, you know, if you use a lot of websites and apps, not everyone thinks like that. Um, we really want to get you to from point A to point B as fast as possible. And I think that's a that's a very much a video game mentality of being mostly impatient, if, if anything. Oh, that, that's really interesting. And, you know, I never thought I've never thought I've never looked at it or thought of things that way. So pretty neat that, you know, every every single button everywhere you can click needs to get you somewhere and be be uh, somewhat fun. Um, you know, you mentioned that that's I mean, that that's interesting. That's something that you've taken to loop that you've tried to integrate into loop. What about from a running the company perspective? So you were at Microsoft for seven years, mm -hmm. built up your career there and then went to the startup world. What 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 cultural sorts of things did you take from from Microsoft Xbox and the startup company to loop to loop uh, when you became the CEO? Yeah, um, I think probably the biggest thing is just I've had so many different managers um, within Microsoft. I had, I had multiple managers I worked for in my career there um, in the startup world. I, I had three or four different managers. And I think when you work for, I mean, double digit managers at that point, um, you kind of see what works and what doesn't. Um, are, you know, are you empathetic? Do you understand? My, <laughs> trying to think I says, basically, I think at the end of the day, the people that you work with do their best work when they feel safe and happy. And I have worked with managers that don't care about that. And I know how just demeaning and demoralizing that is, especially when you're working long hours when it when it comes to startups. So at the end of the day, I think just kindness and empathy above anything else. Like if I if I hired you and I trust you to do the job, then there's no reason for me to like micromanage you. If you need to take care of your family, like you go do that, because if you're worried about that, you're not going to do a good job. And I at the end of the day, that's that's the type of manager and CEO I, I want to be. Um, and I think, you know, my, my team seems pretty happy and 
And I think they know that uh, if they're not, like we we have a process for them to to communicate that. And um, you know, if you're if you're going to be a manager someday, um, I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Like those are really things you need to think about, even beyond like, is my team producing enough, or are we hitting our goals? Like, is your team happy? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really important. For sure, for sure, it is. I, I agree completely. So, okay, some of the viewers, you know, know you, know what you're doing. Some of them may not know what Loop is doing. So let's take a second and explain what it is that brought you to conceive the idea to start Loop the app. And, uh, you know, yeah, what what did you see? What 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 experience did you have that led you to think, that led the light bulb to go off and say, hey, there's an opportunity here to fill a void? Yeah, so I was, I think it was just on a whim. I was trying to build up my Instagram, like what I follow, you know, make it, make it relevant to my interests. And obviously I'm following a ton of sports accounts and somehow one of them just posted about sports cards. And, you know, again, I collected as a kid, hadn't been collecting recently. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is really interesting. These cards look much different than I remember. Um, so I started following some sports card accounts as well. And you know that leads you down the rabbit hole. Suddenly, you're getting Instagram push notifications of so and so went live, and one of them was Bullpen LA, huge shop. Uh, it was my local shop when I lived out in LA, and I was watching this stream, and and they were selling all kinds of hobby boxes, and I watched, started watching others open their boxes. Okay, this is cool. I like I like this. This is this especially at like eleven o'clock at night. I'm like, what else am I doing? Oh sports cards. Okay. I'm into this. And finally I bought into my first box and uh, I think it was a 2019, the 2020, uh, select box, Panini select basketball box. And it was amazing. Like I was so, so into it. But what I noticed is that as much as I like the opening of the boxes, I didn't like all the process leading up to it. Like I have to ask them what the price is. Um, I have to know where I'm sending money. I have to go to, go to PayPal, send that, come back to the stream. You know, it's just all this, what we call friction. It just slowed. Again, I'm, I'm impatient. I just want things done. Uh, and here I am like taking a minute to two minutes to make a transaction, which I think speaks to the power of how much I wanted that box of cards if I'm going through that much hassle. Um, so really, I think that I did that maybe four or five times. And I, every time just more and more, I was like, okay, I could make this better. And that was late 2019. And then early 2020, I actually quit my head of product job and was like, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this full time. I think, I think we can make a real impact here. If we just build a small team and make a simple product and we're going to, we're going to test it and see if people like it. And that's, you know, that's ultimately what led to where we are today. So, okay. So, and now, you know, take us through from, you, you, you quit your job. You, when did you launch the beta? So I think the beta launched in June or July of 2020. Um, I, I, all I had was my savings from, you know, the previous few years. And I went, I'm all in on this. That's how much I believe. I went out and got a friend who was working full-time at another company. 
and said, hey, can you be a part-time uh, consultant developer on this project? And uh, I'll pay you, obviously. And uh, he he worked on it. And you know, I think it was, again, June or July, we did a, a beta. And immediately, I, I could see it. Like Once I had somebody else using it outside of my, myself and the developer, I was like, OK, this, there's something to this. Um, and uh, we just kept refining it. And then um, I think we got our first investment around October. Um, we just kept building the beta. And then it ultimate, ultimately led to us finally being able to make some investment because I don't know how much longer I, my savings could have sustained any team whatsoever. <laughs> and so, and then when did it officially launch? October 23rd of 2020. So we've been out for about six months. And how has the adoption been by users so far? Amazing, amazing. Um, right. It's been, it started slow um, for the first few weeks. And then what I was amazed by is just how much the word of mouth was. Like we didn't, we didn't invest in what we call user acquisition just getting new downloads. Uh, we didn't really invest much in that until a couple weeks ago. It was all organic, just people finding out and then sharing it with their friends. And uh, for the, the handful of sellers we had, they obviously brought some people with them as well. So, so really for anyone who's, who's watching right now, you know, I'm going to take a stab at just sort of explaining the, the elevator pitch of what it is, because, you know, people have asked me and I want to make sure I can do it moving forward. So really loop is a, it's a platform. It's an app on your phone. It's a platform where sellers sign up to become sellers and they can then live stream opening pro doing group breaks, personal breaks, selling singles, or what you call, I believe, uh, value repack sort of thing, which we'll get yeah. into that later. But really, that's that's what it is. It's a streamlined uh, platform for group for for sellers. And we'll use the group breaker term just for ease of reference. Instead of streaming to say Instagram, uh, Facebook, this is somewhere where you can do it, and everything is there from the seller being there to the, the the communication and the payment as well mm -hmm. as all the shipping information is automatically zapped to them so that they can send it to you once the break is done and 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 the money moves quickly we'll get to all that later but is that kind of the quick and dirty on it that was that was perfect okay <laughs> all right awesome so uh several more questions to come i want to i want to go to a couple comments we've had uh, we got mickey pasquarello welcome to the show mickey thanks for being here Kent Wong, thank you, Kent. Appreciate that. Great to see you. Uh, Cole Perrin, do you know this person? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I know Cole. <laughs> you do know? Okay. Well, he, he wants to say that he loves you. <laughs> I was like, I bet there's more to that. Hey, Cole. Yeah, there is more to it. There is more to it. I just wanted to make sure you knew him first. Uh, Toa, good evening. Getting later, getting here from Clubhouse. Great to have you. See, there it is. I got to tell him that he loves you. Well, there you go. And uh, Tyler Nethercott, good evening. Tyler, great to have you back. And Victor from All Time Greats blog says, says he's seen a lot of marketing for Loop. So my curiosity is peaked. Looking forward to the episode. Thank you. My man, Darcy. Darcy, good evening. And welcome to the show tonight. So listen, you called the app Loop the app. And I mean, I know what a loop is. This is what I, I use as a loop. Mm -hmm. Why did you name the app Loop? Yeah, and and... This probably shouldn't surprise you, but there are a lot of people who don't know what a loop is. Um, yeah. 
So it's the the little magnifying glass used to look at um, cards and jewelry and whatnot. So the, the name actually has two meanings. Um, one is everything we're building generally revolves around using the camera on your phone and potentially your camera on your desktop. Um, so we see it as being your digital loop. And that's the app is going to open up, you know, we're only six months old, going to open up a ton of new features. Um, a lot of them will be camera centric. So I think it was a nice play on words. And then the other is coming from the, the video game space, everything is about feedback loops of how do we get you through a, a flow of actions and then come back to the beginning and do it again. So again, that was kind of a cute play on words of like, you know, we everything we build is really built around streamlining and, and getting you to do it over and over again. All right. And so, okay. So I want to go back and talk about your team a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier that you kind of wrangled together a few friends and that. Tell us a little bit about the team and, um, you know, has everybody been there from the beginning? Have you had sort of any turnover yet? And what, it, no turnover? No turnover, no. Um, well, the the only one, um, our, our early first dev, um, Patrick, who's brilliant and amazing, um, you know, he had a full-time job and at somewhere else and it was so good it's like man i i totally don't blame you if you don't want to come over and join this weird little sports card startup um but as we started to get investment um we went out and started getting people on the team so the first was like oh i need somebody to do social media because you know as i'm building a business they're slowly like oh what are the things i can't i talk with my hands a lot um, what are the things I can't spend time doing anymore? The first was like, oh, social media as a brand. Like I set the tone, but I really need somebody to come along and take that off. So um, friend of a friend, um, Jake, who came on board to do social media. Um, and then eventually doing a blog, my friend Brett, who I'd known for 10 plus years from the video game space. Um, he came on and started doing blogs. And then my friend John um, from my last <laughs> my last company I worked at, he he came over and started doing some consulting work. And then we went out and found um, two developers, one uh, Dexter for iOS and Brandon for Android. And I like saying their names because these guys are going to be at events. Um, like I want, it's not just me, like it's a whole team effort here. Um, so as we got investment, um, we, we really just started applying that to hiring people to the team. So it's six right now. And then we just hired two more people. Um, and they accepted the offers. I'm not going to say their names yet because they haven't started officially, but, um, we got, uh, someone from marketing, um, that actually used to work at tops. And then we have a, a brilliant marketplace operations lead that'll be starting who spent like 12 years at Walmart. Um, which is like, you know, I think I have some horror stories from working in the video games, you know, like things, when things got stressful and it like pales in comparison to hearing about Walmart. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Running I'm sure. a whole store sounds like a, a monster of a task. No doubt. And all those skews, just organizing all that inventory for sure. Mm -hmm. um, speaking about like getting things getting stressful. So a year ago, pretty much right now, pandemic hits. Here you are about to launch your beta, this and that. Like, how did how did that impact your scale at your not your scale, but your 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 launch? You're ramping up. Yeah. So um, so again, I had the idea in like late 2019, January, February rolls along. I quit my, you know, 
very good, had a product job. And like, you know, nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> like, this is my big career bet. Um, and then, you know, company, we register the company in March. And like, at the same exact time, pandemic hits. You know, we're all learning like what COVID is and still, you know, we kept learning more about it. And uh, LA really shut down. And I went, wow, this might have been really bad timing on my part. Um, but if anything, I think it just made us more resilient. Um, it really gave us a remote first mentality. So everyone, currently everyone on the team works in a different city, um, oh. which is the first time I've ever had that in my career. It's, it's been really interesting. Um, and, uh, but it's been great. And, you know, I think we're, I'm in Miami area now and we're going to be building out a physical headquarters with a retail card shop. Um, I, I don't mind saying that. I'm really excited about it. Um, but we're going to have a kind of like a, a card shop in the Miami area, which to my understanding, there aren't too many of them. They're all kind of further outside the city. Um, and so we're going to start hiring some people here as well. But um, yeah, it, it, it sounds crazy when you like, I started a company right when the pandemic started and then we just kept building. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I don't think it really impacted us much. We all kind of just stayed inside and did, did zoom calls every couple of days. Keep keeping the, keep, keep pushing forward. So, uh, a lot of other companies in the hobby, you know, are going through some pains right now, some resource pain, some delays with this and that, um, what are what are you doing with your company to make sure that you avoid going through some of the pains that, uh, that some other companies in our space are going through lately? I think we just really focus on, and this is this is kind of the the whole push behind the whole company is we're only as successful as our sellers are. Um, you know, the people that we partner with to, to sell their cards and inventory on the platform. So it's really just tunnel vision um, and focusing on that because if we, I feel like if we worry about anything else right now, I, I mean, I'm sure when it's two years down the line, it'll be very different. But as a six month old company, um, you really can't look at that too much or be too afraid um, because then like that doubt sets in. Um, so yeah, we've just focused on like making sure the team has what they need to you know, be happy and healthy at home um, making sure our sellers are getting buyers and they're making sales. And we just, you know, make sure that they want to keep coming back to the platform. Um, we've had very little churn on the seller aspect. Like once they start selling with us, they stick with us, um, which has been very validating. Um, yeah. And then, you know, part of just thinking like mental health, if we're getting like really into it, um, you know, I, I lived in downtown LA at the time when I started this company and pandemic hit. I was, I wanted to be downtown to go to Lakers games and then, and then there were no Lakers games to go to. Um, so cost of living in downtown LA just wasn't justified and, you know, you're in the middle of a city. So um, moving to Florida um, just outside Miami has been amazing because I can just walk outside and there's like grass and water. <laughs> and uh, that's been, that's probably been one of the, the healthiest things for me just to like keep pushing is having a place to to, you know, I live, I live here for like 15 hours a day. Um, <laughs> I need to be able to go outside every once in a while. 
And I guess, you know, you're not, you're not really, you're not a consignment seller, you're not a grader, you're not a manufacturer. So you're not experiencing a lot of the pains that, that those companies are, have been experiencing. So, or, no. or, and, yeah. yeah, and it's, I, and I definitely feel for those companies, especially when like the, I guess that's twofold. One is like, you get so much business that it's like, you weren't prepared for it. And then like, how do you react to that? Um, coupled with the fact that you, like, you just can't bring people into the office or you can't bring as many people as you would. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we're coming out to the tail end of it. So I really, I really hope that everyone just gets back to normal as, as fast as they can. Hopefully, hopefully we are. So, okay, we're going to go through a few more comments and then we're going to talk about um, one of your investors that is well known throughout the hobby and learn a bit about, about that arrangement. So uh, Todd McDonald, good evening to you. Sanderson to says, I'm reading the Forbes article about Loop now. That's pretty cool. Darren, welcome back. Good to have you. Birds on the Bat says, no, there aren't any shops in in uh, in, Flor in Miami. I'm from and live in Miami and badly want a big time LCS. So <laughs> yes. there you go. You got a customer right there. Sanderson to Orr says, I just downloaded the app and I'm checking it out now. So there you go. All right. So investors, you have, uh, I mean, I know of one of your investors. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who that investor is and how you got him to become a part of the team? Yeah, the, we have, you know, probably 16 investors right now. Um, and, and the one that probably everyone has heard of in some form is Nat Turner. Um, who recently went on to, to buy PSA uh, in a huge, <laughs> I was surprised by it. I was like, oh man, um, when I saw that news in the morning. So uh, Nat's been great. I talk to him every, every few days um, just about cards in general or how, how Loop's doing. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting because he, I followed his card account, which um, I think it's just Nat Turner's cards. I remember correctly um one of the most impressive collections i've ever seen like he just gets these cards and posts these amazing photos a lot of lebrons and kobe's i would love to have <laughs> yeah um so yeah talking to him was really interesting because it was you know i feel like i'm i'm still so new to what the modern market is um versus people that you know there's always gonna be people that have been in it for for 20 years straight you know, they've been running shops and then they see someone new come along and it's like, okay, who's, who's this guy? <laughs> Probably more choice words than, than that. But um, yeah. And talking to Nat was very validating. I'm like, Hey, Nat, I, I really respect you. Um, I'd love to know what you think about the current hobby state of the hobby. And also like, what do you think of this? And, you know, I should probably show them some horrible prototype at the time. Uh, it's come a long way. And uh yeah, having him step up and want to invest in us was was just a, such a huge moment of like, okay, we're doing something right. If somebody that is that deep in sports cards believes in us, believes in us, um, and I think having a startup, you you kind of look for those moments because that really gets you through all the hardship to the next big moment of like, okay, we just got to grind and get to launch or like get through this beta. Um, so that was that was amazing getting him on board. And what sort of um, what sort of due diligence did he do on on you on the company on the app uh, before he was really willing to cut the check? Yeah, I think it was a a, a combination of my background. So I mean, I obviously have a wide range of professional background, 
Um, actually having a working prototype to show helps a lot. Um, I think we're already in beta. So I think, you know, again, just every little thing you can prove to like, this isn't just on paper. This is a thing that's actually being executed. And every time I talk to you, it's like a little further along. Um, you know, that's, that's just, I think the best way that you can get anybody on board. And I think that's what happened here. And probably with all of our investors, there are plenty of investors that I reached out to one time and they were kind of like, this is interesting. And then, you know, four, eight, 16 weeks later, I'd follow up with them and say, oh, we've made all this progress since last time. And then it's like, oh, now I understand what you're doing. Let's, let's, let's take this a little bit deeper and talk more. Right on. Okay. Well, it's great to have a guy like that on board who is so invested in the hobby now and is a collector himself. So when you, you, you know, you use the word that was validating that, that he was, that he thought it was interesting and worthwhile. I mean, I can only imagine how that kind of, you know, you must've gone to, to sleep that night on cloud nine, right? <laughs> you act like I sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really great. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, okay. Let's move along. I want to, so I live in Canada and, uh, you know, a, a chunk of the viewers of this show live in Canada. I can't actually download the app yet. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. So talk to us. Why aren't you in Canada yet? And um, what, what are the remaining hurdles? When do you think that uh, the Canadians will be able to download? Yeah, I knew this question was coming. Um, <laughs> I did. I did warn you. Yeah. Um, so, um Yes, we, we want to be in Canada. We know there's a huge, um, huge portion of the hobby that's up there um, for, you know, baseball, hockey, every, every sport. Yep. And, uh, you know, we really, every day, it's how do we make sure that the people that are currently using the app are having a the best possible experience and it's bug-free and that we're making sure our sellers have all the features they need. And every day it's a... You know, it's a full of compromises and prioritization. So we definitely want to bring it to Canada as fast as possible. Like I hope, you know, I've said before March, and then once I realized it wasn't going to be March, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping May. I want it definitely before um, the national happens. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's always a compromise of like. Do we let's say we notice we have some bugs or we have what we call tech debt of like things we just know we have to come back to and make better. Um, it's it's really a compromise of I'd, I'd rather focus on doing that. And then when we do release in Canada, you're getting the best experience um, versus giving you an app and then you just, you know, asking about the same things that everyone else is already. Yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. And I, uh, you know, I think it's worthwhile to get get it streamlined, get it bug free. And then, you know, expand the market. Uh, as I said to you the other night, adding Canada is like adding another California. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a large market up here. And as Valentini Kitchen says, and I'm just going to read the whole thing. Great as always. Thank you, Valentini. Been watching you for over six months. Great app, Eric. I'm wondering when we here in Canada can download it. There's a huge market up here for an app like this. Game changing, which is funny. Right after I asked the question, this comment popped up about <laughs> That's good timing, Valentini, and uh, great to have you on. Uh, great to have you commenting on the live. Uh, Cardboard Max, good evening to you. Hello, Cardboard friends. So, okay, well, we know we'll get it up here. Uh, hopefully by, I'm I'm going to say hopefully by Q3 type of thing. We'll see. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Good. 
Um, marketing. It was mentioned earlier by uh, Victor from All Time Great Blogs that he's seen a lot of marketing that you've been doing. Um, how has your marketing been uh, received by the uh, by the hobby? Yeah, it's been good. I can walk through it a little bit. I just want to. I'm so proud of this. So Beckett baseball. We're like, as I drop it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Page two, there we go, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, really happy with how that turned out. So I don't know if this will get anybody, but I know for a fact that made me so happy when I got this book that I saw our name in it. Um, so the, the marketing has been great. We've been working with uh, PSA and Beckett. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Sports Card Expo was up earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we worked with them a little bit. Um, we've been doing some various ads across the hobby, um, and it's been great. I think we, we've seen some significant, um, we've seen a significant increase in our download numbers, um, people using the app every night. Um, and it's funny because this is the first time I've really marketed like this. Um, you know, when you work in a big company, it's like, oh, they have TV ads, and they, they do all these, like, really big expected things alongside, like, card like car brands, you know, it's just like, that's what's expected. And here we are just kind of like, all right, what, what's all the, the scrappy things we can do? Like where, where are the, where are the fans? Where's the hobby? Um, where can we have really cool conversations with people? And that's where we really focused our efforts. And I think we've been rewarded um, greatly. Like people seem to like the app. My favorite beyond this Beckett ad is we, we did a sponsorship with John boy who does a lot of, uh, kind of like humorous breakdowns of sports events that happen like any day, like you, like a manager getting thrown out of a game in a baseball game. And uh, that was cool because the next day we saw so many people joining the app going, I'm here because of John Boy. And I was like, oh, I didn't even expect that people would like credit him. <laughs> it, was, it was just really cool to see like, oh, I, I talked to this person and, and worked with them to get the, the ad in the YouTube video. And then here I am using my product the next day and just like, just see all these people mentioning John Boy. It was really cool. That is, that is pretty cool, man. It's, it's, it's nice to know that, uh, you know, that you're putting something out there and you're getting a response to it. So you're doing this marketing. People are going to come onto the app. They're going to start using it. What are they, what can, what can users expect to kind of roll out over the next few months uh, in terms of features? And I, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to, put this, give this to you as a layup because you did mention to me the other night that, you know, you've got a few, you've got phase one, phase two, phase three, and mm -hmm. then, and then what you referred to as the crazy stuff after, which <laughs> is the stuff that only resides in your head. Yeah. You know, within, you know, as far as timeline goes with, as far as these three phases go, where are you right now within these three phases? What's going to come? And just to the audience right now, once we get through talking about the phases we're going to get more into the app and just what it's like because a lot of us as hobbyists we're used to using say ebay and that and that platform we're used to using say com c and its platform but a lot of us maybe haven't yet used loop and it would be nice i think to understand what it's like so we are going to get there i promise but before we go there please let us know about as i was getting to Phase one, phase two, phase three. Where are we at right now within those phases, and what are some of the features that you have tapped uh, tapped up and ready to come? Yeah. So phase one is just the basics um, of what we call live video selling. So um, can we get people on board? 
to sell their product? Can they stream? Um, can they get paid? Do they get all the shipping info? Um, and then it's really just the additional features we have are, are some added benefits of um, better reviewing of the stream. So after you bought something, going back and watching the stream, again, just a lot of basic stuff, streamlining the shipping process for the sellers to just make it easier for them. Um, that's really phase one. It's just kind of like the basics. Okay. Um, phase two is basically like marketplace extended. So what are the, now that we've got the sellers on board um, and they're selling and everyone's happy with just the, again, the basics in phase one, how do we take those behaviors and those, those experiences and take it one step further? So is it a marketplace or is it our loop spin of a marketplace? Um, what do you do with your cards after you bought them? Um, do we help you get them graded? All those, all those things. I don't want to give away too much, but there's, you know, once you, once you're in a live stream or once you bought cards, there's kind of like one or two steps beyond that, that are pretty natural. Like, why can't we help you with those? And then, so phase one ends probably around end of May, June. We'll, we'll be good. We'll clean up any last minute bugs we have and get those last features out. Um, then through the summer into fall, we're gonna work on phase two and just keep rolling out new features every week. We're hiring engineers, like we, we wanna accelerate this and get, get this moving along faster and features released faster, obviously. So we're hiring a team. And then phase three is kind of what I call um, identity. So I would love to do this sooner, um, but I think for what people are doing today, they really just wanna get cards as fast as possible. Um, but identity is really cool because I think that it's how do you how do you show off the kind of collector you are using Loop? And there's a lot of really cool things we can do there as far as like tracking your collection, um, showing it off. And, and there's so many, I have like four pages of roadmap that I know for a fact, we're not gonna get to all of it this year, um, but we're gonna try really hard and obviously build up a team to, to do that. Um, so yeah, and then, and then beyond that is all the crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> That I don't even, I'm not even going to mention, I don't even mention to my team yet because I don't want them to be distracted from, from what they're working on today. But, um, I think loop is, you know, I want it to be on the phone of every, everyone that collects sports cards should want loop on their phone. And I understand today if you're like, Hey, buying from live videos, isn't for me. Um, cool. But I think we, we have some other things coming that, even if you don't buy from live video, you're going to want whether to sell or, or buy cards. Right on, man. Well, hey, good. And it's the crazy stuff that piques my interest. And I'm sure if any of your teams watch right now, they're kind of wondering, oh, what's he got coming down the pipe for us uh, later on? Have, um, have me on again in maybe a year and we'll, we'll talk. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Darren says, congrats, Eric. Always great getting the name out there. Hope Loop continues to boom. He goes on to say, but be careful. Don't give away too much here tonight. I can see eBay, ComC, Starstock, et cetera, trying to build in a portal to copycat you. And sports card 613, good evening to you. Uh, Joe, I see your question. We're going to get to that a little bit later because it's a, it's a good one, but uh, we'll get to it a little bit later. So I want to know now, you know, you've taken us past the crazy stuff. Like, what is your personal plan for your career? Like, do you, do you have a, are you already thinking exit? I know a lot of times when people start, when entrepreneurs start a company, they have sort of, you know, 
maybe we'll get acquired, maybe we'll spin it off, maybe we'll go public. They have sort of liquidity events in mind. What about you? Are you already thinking that way or, or are you going long term? I think long, long term for sure. And it's funny when I get, I mean, this isn't the first time I've heard this question. Um, basically, you know, I'm a, I'm a first time founder, first time CEO, six, I mean, if we count when the product launched as the beginning, six months, um, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to think like, Oh, what does this look like in five to 10 years? Um, which again, the crazy stuff is, is what I get excited about long-term. Um, you know, I want to ride this out. Like I'm, I'm here, this is my big bet. Um, if we, you know, 10 years from now, if we go public, um, cool. If we're, if we're acquired in an important part of another business, cool. But, um, at the end of the day, at least for the next couple of years, my, my goal and execution plan doesn't change. It's bring really cool, useful features to the hobby. And, you know, I love my own app. I am, I am in the app every single night. I have spent more money than I would like to admit on sports cards um, uh, from all of our own sellers. Um, and I've started, if anything, they've, they've unlocked the beast of collecting sports I didn't even collect before. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the short answer is long-term, I'd love to just stay with it and be independent and go public. But again, you, you never know with these things. Okay. No, for sure. For sure. I, I just, it's a new question I'm going to be asking. So I, th I wanted to ask it to you. Um, okay. We have another question here from Sanderson to Orr, and uh, I'm not going to get you to answer it because I'm going to tell a short story after I read this comment. He says, is this only going to be about modern card box breaks or will there be vintage cards for sale on the app? And the reason why I want to tell a quick story is because a year ago, just over a year ago, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show tonight, like last night was the one year anniversary of the first episode of Sports Cards Live. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of ties into why this show even started up. It goes back to March of 2020. I had some vintage hockey cards, graded cards that I wanted to sell. And I didn't want to go through the process of scanning them and putting them up on different sites and cross posting and then having to deal with PMs back and forth and negotiating and all that. So I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if I could just live stream and just show the cards? Like, you know, hi guys, I got a PSA four Gordy Howe, $100. I got a Sidney Crosby, $200. I'm showing socks in the place of cards right now <laughs> just for fun, yeah. right? Got a Connor McDavid, whatever it is. I thought, wouldn't it be great to do that? So I went, I went on Facebook and I, I found a, a, a vintage hockey group that I was already a member of. And I asked the moderators if I could live stream and sell some vintage cards. And they said, sure, but you can only sell cards up to 1989. I, okay, fine. So I did that. I went on and I, I live streamed for about an hour and a half. And I, I had a great time. And I sold a whole bunch of cards, did, did a ton of deals. And um, afterwards, and even throughout, you know, the viewers were making comments. I was verbally responding. And I just said, okay, send me a message and we'll get the deal done. Well, I got some really good feedback on that. And then I had some modern cards I wanted to sell. And I knew I couldn't go to that same Facebook group. I had to go somewhere else. But there were so many of them that I thought, well, where am I going to go to get the most exposure? And I thought to myself, well, hey, maybe I will maybe I will create a new Facebook group called Sports Cards Live where you go to live stream your cards. My point in all this is that you didn't exist yet at that point. You had the idea. It was you had conceived it and you were even planning it. But had mm -hmm. you had you existed back then, I might 
and were available in Canada. <laughs> right. I might have used your app to do this and Sports Cards Live might never have been born. Like for real, that's that's kind of... So in a way, you know, I'm glad to meet you. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, but I'm glad you didn't start until you did because if not, I might not be doing the show, which I've really had a great time doing for the past year. So that's why I tell that little story. It's kind of just a coincidence that you were planning it as I wanted it. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know, you were, you, you did, you, you did fill a need, right? There was a void there because, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone. There were other people looking to do, to do it. And as we know, many other people are live streaming and selling cards. And, but mostly it is from the, from the perspective as Sanderson to Orr says of modern card box breaks. So to his question, and we're going to get into the types of sellers, so we may as well just do that now. Mm -hmm. Is Loop just for modern card breaks? Or what else goes on there besides modern card box breaking? And, and in your vision, what else should and can be going on there? So we do, we do everything. Um, if, it's, if it is sports cards, you can, you can sell it. We do Pokemon and other things. We, we allow that. Um, so we actually have a couple sellers that do sell, um, vintage and it depends on what you consider to be vintage. Um, so fresh pulls every Thursday, they do a vintage night. Um, so they sell, you know, classic baseball, they do some, um, repacks. I think I actually bought, um, I bought one and it was like a Hulk Hogan <laughs> graded like 1990 card, um, but yeah, they do all kinds of stuff. And then a basketball card guy does nights where he sells usually singles, sometimes repacks um, of all different, like the whole spectrum of basketball cards. So I, you know, you can pick up Michael Jordan's, Allen Iverson's. You can actually go back and pick up some classic Wilt Chamberlain's. Like he has, he has everything. So I'd say a majority right now is modern. But there's, I mean, there's still vintage sprinkled throughout the whole app, just depending on the the night and who's streaming. So really, it's going to come down to your sellers, right? If I decide I want to sell on Loop, I can sell whatever I want once I am vetted, and we're going to get into that process. And then really, it's going to be about me as a seller and you as the platform promoting the fact that I'm on the platform selling what I'm selling. And just like you said right now, you just promoted a couple of your sellers, which is very nice. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the you know the the platform builds the user base builds and the and the buyers come to where the cards are. Is that kind of fair to say? And that's kind of part of the strategy to build out all these different genres of selling uh, mm -hmm. of items being sold. Yeah, we want to have something for everyone. Uh, we have uh, Brew Medic who who almost exclusively does hockey, um, which is great because he's gotten me in hockey cards now. Even though I will admit I don't watch a whole lot of hockey, um, but man. Uh, Shout out to Upper Deck, man. I I haven't collected a lot of Upper Deck lately until I started like getting back into ho like hockey cards and like phenomenal sets, um, especially like the cup. Um, cup was a lot of fun to rip. Um, but yeah, we let everyone kind of you know even when we onboard new sellers, we kind of look like what do you specialize in? What can you speak intelligently on? What do you like promoting? Like you can tell when somebody is like. Oh, I'm selling football just because like football is the hot product versus I'm selling hockey because I absolutely love hockey and I watch it all the time and I'm an expert and like that sort of enthusiasm is infectious. And so we really look to encourage that and let them run with their specialty. 
and we just promote them in the appropriate channels of like, oh, it's a it's Sunday night football. Like, cool, let's get a football breaker on and we'll promote them and just, you know, it's relevant. Um, so yeah, we just try to do what we can. We're, we're only as successful as our sellers are. So we give them all of our, all of our resources to get their name out there. And have you actually gone to the lengths of like targeting certain sellers that you've seen on other, other platforms like Instagram, Facebook, that sort of thing and said, Hey, come try us out early on. Yeah. Sorry. You probably noticed I, I need new glasses and I, I feel like I'm sitting here I'm like every 30 seconds, just pushing them up. That's all right, man. <laughs> I, I, I got really self-conscious after like the, the seventh time. I'm like, oh, I'm doing this all the time. Anyway, um, back to your question. The uh, At first, yes, we definitely, I was looking around Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and just trying to find anybody that would listen to me. Like, hey, you know, we really believe in this. Um, we're building something just for you. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are, you know, hesitant to go into something new when they've been, you know, maybe they've been doing breaks for six to 12 months already. And they just feel like, why, why would I bring somebody else into that? Like this, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Um, but we actually got um, Fresh Pulls and I think Ecto, Selecto, they were kind of the early ones that really came in and looked at us during the beta and then for launch. Um, and from there, it's it's just word of mouth. Like, you know, it's a, it's a small world. A lot of these sellers all know each other. And, you know, it definitely turned into like, Oh, well, my buddy, buddy um, in another city, like does breaks, met him a couple times at the national or various card shows. I think you really like this. You, you should reach out to him or they'll, they'll do an introduction. And then now, I mean, we've, we've really, I feel like we've built a good reputation. All of our sellers are like really great advocates for us. So now we have, we have a long queue of, you know, a hundred plus people trying to get in and I'm just sitting here going, oh man, <laughs> what, did, what did I do? Now I have to go through and review everyone and take the time to onboard them appropriately. But it's all been worth it. Like um, people seem to really like selling on the platform. That's cool. And I want to get into the onboarding process shortly. We're going to go to a couple of comments here. Uh, Sanderson Doris says, stop teasing me with those how socks. Well, here they are. I'm going to just, I'm going to one more time, give a shout out to major league socks guys. So I talked to these, I talked to these guys a few days ago because I was placing an order and they, I got them to give us a special promo code. There it is on the ticker sports cards live. They have uh, right now hockey and baseball socks. And um, I'm li literally like, I love these things because they're just cool. And it's my daughter always wants to know who I'm wearing and show me the face. And um, then she says their names It's and she's four. So it's pretty cute. <laughs> and they come in these neat, neat boxes like these. I don't know. They're just, uh, they're fun socks. I'm wearing Ovechkin's right now. So 20% off your order if you go to the site. Um, and uh, so Darren asks, do, do they slab socks? Good question. No, you cannot get socks slabbed. Uh, Brett Mackendonsky. So it must be one of the sellers on loop says next Wednesday, we have a box of 76 tops basketball. That's going to be very cool. I'm guessing he's one of your sellers. <laughs> that's pretty neat. And that's a, that's a vintage product. Uh, Darren says, I like the idea of a hub to showcase your cards and sell your cards as you sell them. I'm not sure I understand that Darren with the part in quotes, but, uh, I think, but he, I think he means like you're speaking about the cards, like promoting. Oh, oh I love this card because yeah. yeah. Um, which is what basketball card guys does. He's very good at it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that that makes sense. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eric, for clearing up and helping me understand what, what Darren was saying. Uh, Terry Fortune says, what are the fees for buyers and or sellers? Um, we don't publicly say the fees um, yet. I think that's just more of me being cautious. I'm sure we will at some point. Um, but once we start, once we approve you and onboard you, we discuss it with you to make sure that you're okay with it. Um, it's probably way lower than you expect. It's way lower than eBay um, or StockX. Um, it's it's really enough to just pay for um, the processing fees because there's always fees to, you know, handling credit cards and, and bank cards and then the, the bandwidth. So basically the platform to project the video and, and handle sending the video to everyone that's viewing you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're at a very, very fair rate. Um, and also we're going to have other ways for you to make money as a seller later on. Um, so it'll just really, it'll depend on what you're trying to do on the platform. And when we communicate, we're very transparent with our sellers, like where the fees are coming from and why we came to that number. And I think that's all right, because you actually go through a, a pretty extenuating process to onboard and vet your sellers, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they're your business partners. And oftentimes the arrangements between business partners are kept somewhat on the down low, if you will. So I think that's that's uh, totally uh, cool. Bless and Break says, I would like to know the difference between Loop and your average Facebook group where only the creators, moderators and admins really get any action on fire sales, box breaks, and razes, not regular members. Is this, some, is this something you can speak to, Eric? Yeah, so um, I should be clear up front that we don't do razes. Um, I, I have a pretty hard stance that we don't allow our sellers to do razes. Um, raffles are actually like illegal, I think, in if not all states, most of them, unless you're, you're a charity. Um, so we straight up don't allow those. Um, so right now we do we have to approve everyone because they are business partners so um i guess you're different it's different but not a lot from probably the way that you're comparing it to those facebook groups like you can't just download the app and immediately start selling um i think it's probably should we just roll into like how we accept new sellers let's do it man Let, let's okay. get right into it yeah okay um so basically if you email us at support at loopthapp.com um, we will send you an application form and you fill that out. And the application asks for basically like, where do you, like, what state do you live in? How long you've been doing it? How much product do you normally sell? Um, can we take a look at one of your past streams? You know, just to make sure that you actually are in this, like you're basically running this as a business. And we also really like people that do it full time or at least like near full time. Um, we just don't want to go through the process of onboarding someone, vetting them, um, setting them up for payments. And then they come on and they have like three hobby boxes and then they're not on again for a month until they, they restock. Um, so we're really looking for people that like, they, they are on the verge of selling cards as a full-time business where they already are. And as I've said, we, we are definitely going to, over time, like that'll reduce more and more and it'll become more streamlined and you'll be able to sell, but maybe with like limited tools or there'll be like other limitations to it. Um, because again, like we're trusting you to get on live video. Like we don't, you represent our brand. Like you could be the, the first stream somebody sees when they download the app. 
And that, that really means that's really important. Um, so I guess right now my answer is it's very restricted. We have a couple dozen sellers. We're trying to add a couple every week. Um, and that's going to scale up more and more and it'll get better over time. So, um, you know, I hope by, you know, the end of the year, we're going to have hundreds, maybe even thousands of people selling on loop. But again, it's six months old where we're still figuring these things out. Okay. No, good stuff. And so you, as far as vetting the sellers, they, they, you send them the application form, they fill it out, send it back. You will actually take time, go watch one of their old break streams, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, you will, you, do you, do you check eBay feedback if they have it? Do you ask for their eBay account ID? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we basically ask for anything that we can, it's pretty open. It's like, just give us everything. <laughs> yeah. Like if we're going to evaluate you as a business partner, like just give us everything. And uh, yeah, we definitely look at eBay. Um, and then I think the the previous videos, we look at comments. So if you stream to YouTube, like I can go back and look at the comments and look at um, just in general, like look up your, your store name and see if anybody's mentioned you in Facebook groups or um, like forums. You know, again, we're just, Kind of doing a basic background check of like, do you do you run a legit card business? And so, you know, considering that you, as you consider these sellers to be your partners, to what extent do you go to to help them improve as sellers? Yeah, and that's, and thank you for asking that. I think that's a huge value we offer versus just like going on your own on Instagram is once you're onboarded, we we handle all the payments and then we pay you in a lump sum. Um, so we kind of protect you potentially from scammers trying to do chargebacks. Um, and as a buyer, obviously we, we're we vetting the sellers. So there's like a level of trust. If you're a loop seller, like these people are legit, they ship on time, um, you can reach out to them, all, all of that stuff. Um, and then beyond that, it's, you know, we wanna bring buyers to them. So all of our marketing, really benefits them. Like I'm not selling on the app. <laughs> like I want to bring people who are interested in basketball to people that sell basketball and, and hockey to people that sell hockey. And then on top of it, we actually evaluate their streams. Like we're in, I'm in the app every single night for probably five to six hours, just jumping around, watching streams, buying cards, and we actively give feedback. So, Hey, you were trying to fill a break. Um, you're down to like five spots, but you are starting to talk about a different break and we're distracting people. Like maybe you should think about it differently. Um, you know, you shouldn't really distract people and really focus on what you're trying to sell or even down to like production value, <laughs> like, oh, maybe you could use a, a, a white light, um, to like make your colors pop more to, oh, you haven't tried a repack event yet. Or even like, oh, you specialize in football, how about we do a special event with you uh, during the Super Bowl that we use all of our marketing channels, all our social media channels, our email newsletter. We're going to promote your stream the week leading up to that event. So everybody, hopefully everybody that uses Loop by the time the Super Bowl comes along knows that you're going to be on at 8 p.m. and you're going to be selling something special. You're going to be doing giveaways, etc. And that's, you're never going to get that working on a like agnostic platform like Instagram. Um, so we really are all in on just how do we empower these sellers to, to build their businesses? Um, really, like 
anytime a seller tells me they quit their job to sell on loop full time, which has happened twice now, um, <laughs> is like mind blowing and so satisfying of like, okay, now it's serious. Like now we can't fail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we do as much as we can to, to help them build their businesses. And so when the sellers sell their cards, whether it's singles or group break, the spoils of a group break and they ship it out, how do you know that they're shipping it out on time? How do you know that they're shipping these cards out well protected and that the buyers are ultimately happy with the end product? Yeah, so support at loopthapp.com is a bit like we even promote it in the part of the app. Like if you ever have a question or a concern, you email us. You don't email the seller directly, at least at first, because we want to make sure that we know what is happening on the platform. So if somebody goes, oh, I didn't get my package yet, I can go in and actually see the tracking or I can reach out to the seller and ask for the tracking. But um, one feature we didn't talk about, which I think is really interesting, is we, we suggest that all of our sellers ship within two business days. I think that's fair. Um, and if they're not going to do that, let's, they run out of supplies or they're snowed in at their home, you know, things like that. We ask that they email everybody that bought for them and tell them it, if it's not going to be 24 hour or two business days that, you know, oh, it might be another day. Once that's been shipped, um, they actually input the tracking number into the app. So when you look at your purchase history, items that have been shipped have a little truck next to it. And if you tap it, it pulls the USPS tracking and tells you exactly like if it's been shipped, where it is, if it's been delivered and what the address was. Um, we're actually pretty soon working on a whole revamp of that, of even communicating more info on that view. Um, so again, we try to even streamline communication. So you're not asking the, you're not asking the seller for that info. Like they just put it in the app and it's available there for you. So when you, cause you mentioned that you, you're on there five, six hours a night, uh, you know, checking out the streams you're also buying cards. So they're shipping cards to you. Some of these sellers, uh, mm -hmm. have, have you ever come across a package where you're like, wait a second, this guy's not protecting the cards properly, or do you reach out or, and do you, do you use your purchase from them as sort of a bit of a vetting system at all, or just to see how they're, how they're conducting the business? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I totally want to see how they're, they're packing. Um, luckily, we have had no issue. If anything, they've taught me how to pack cards because um, I realized that I wasn't doing a very good job. Um, so I've definitely upped my game because of our sellers, but they all do a great job. And some of them actually buy from each other. Um, so I think they see and they're like, oh, because again, they're, you know, they, I wouldn't say they're competition to each other, but they definitely have competitive mentalities of like, oh, you set a new record? Well, I'm gonna try to beat that record. Or, oh, you pack really well, I'm going to up my game a little bit and I'm gonna pack as well as you do. Um, so like we've had zero problems with, with packing quality, but like you suggested, like I'm very curious when we sign a new seller, like that I, I try to buy day one and then I'm like, okay, how long does it take for me to get it? Um, you know, how was it packaged? Because I'm ultimately getting the same experience as any other buyer. Um, yeah. so yeah, we, we definitely look at that. So you, you just, you know, sparked a question in my mind. You said one seller will see, oh, you set a record. I want to set the new record. Is there like a leaderboard sort of system built into the platform? 
Um, no, we're we're looking at that. Um, you know, we don't we don't want to communicate. Um, you know, people's if if they want to communicate how much they're making or things about their business, they can on their own. But that's not for me to share that info. But we have thought about doing leaderboards for like top hits of the month. Like you can say like, oh, um, so heat heat check Mike on loop. I think it was last night pulled a a rookie patch auto of Herbert. Uh, I saw that. I saw it on Instagram. Pulled, uh, yeah, it's, I think it was like of twenty. I mean, this is a potentially very very expensive card. Um, so you know, I think a leaderboard around like you know who's pulled what this week, and even like a fair market value, and like oh, this card even beyond what the hit is, but like oh, this card is like potentially worth twenty thousand dollars. Um, fun, fun story about that. Um, if you, if you knew about that hit is, um, I actually offered to pay for heat check Mike's, uh, flight. I'm like, do you really want to send that card via FedEx with <laughs> get third party insurance? That sounds pretty sketch. Um, so we're still talking about it, but I think he's going to hand deliver the card to the buyer, um, which will be very exciting because that's, I mean, potentially it's the most expensive card pulled on loop to date, um, as well as I just think it's really funny to send one of our, one of our sellers up to, um, to meet the buyer of this like crazy card we just hit like a day ago. But you know, if you do that, you've set a precedent. So you have to be ready to do it again, right? There's an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> do not expect this every time. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, let's get to a few more comments here. Uh, Bless and Breaks asks, will Loop give preferential treatments to certain sellers? Um, I'm not really sure what you mean by preferential treatment. Um, or regards. We, we basically, everything we offer is open to everyone. So um, we tell everyone, like, if you want to do a special event, you just let us know what day and time. Um, and if it doesn't conflict, or if it does conflict, we'll help moderate and make sure it doesn't. Um, and then we'll do all the promotion for you. So, um, we, we really, we do a monthly call with all our sellers and we basically say, this is everything available to you. And if you want to utilize it, um, it's on you to ask. Um, yeah. so I, I'm hoping my answer there is no, I, I think it's fair for everyone. You know, and the, the next sort of interview you do, I would at, when someone asked you, what's the difference between loop and selling on Facebook, a Facebook group or YouTube is, uh, what, what you just said there, we have a monthly call with our sellers to let them know what's coming. Um, I don't know anybody, any other platform that's doing that sort of service. And I think that's a great value add. If I was a seller, that would be key for me. I just want you to know that's some feedback from me okay. to you. I think that would be, that's key feedback. I, I, every month I get to look forward to the Loop team and, and you know collaborating with everybody else on how best to utilize it and what features are coming. I think that's awesome. Um, this comment goes back a few minutes to when you're pushing your glasses. Derek's, Darren says, uh, get some Horace Grant goggles. Aaron, Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Sanderson Dorr says, Gordy Howe is sold out on the site. He's talking about these beautiful socks right here, which I am not giving you, Sanderson Dorr. These are mine. Those but, look like PSA uh, 10s. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, when I talked to the guys at Major League Socks, they did tell me that they will be replenishing the ones that are sold out. So be patient. Peter Chow says, Eric, you are processing the payment. If there are issues with the cards being sent slash arriving, are you acting as a mediator? 
I think this goes back to the when you said oh, if there's oh, an sorry, issue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So when he said processing payment, um, I read cards as credit cards, but no, he means the the sports cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So when an email comes in going, hey, my my cards never showed up, or um, you know, I I bought six things, but only four of them arrived. My my first thing is I go, cool, all right, I'm gonna look into this for you. And I go and find the shipping information and just make sure that, you know, what is what is the what was the address that it was shent, sent to? Um, what does the tracking number say? And then if, if anything stands out or I can't immediately answer, it, it, even if it's not that question, like if it's not something I can answer right away, I go and ask the seller and say, hey, this person made this purchase on this date. I see that it was shipped then. Um, can you give me more information about it and answer this question? And then if not, um, then we connect the two of you to just basically, you know, figure it out. Like what's the next step? And we ask to be CC'd on every email. So if there's a refund that needs to happen, um, we either issue the refund or we ask the seller to send a PayPal payment. Um, so ours are direct back onto the card or depending on the situation, um, they can issue a PayPal payment to you or give you store credit. Um, to date, we have we haven't had many issues. Uh, during the holiday around Christmas, um, USPS was really bad, and I think most shipments were delayed anywhere between two and six weeks. Um, we had a lot of emails, and luckily people were like really chill about it. Like as long as we could show like yes, the package has been shipped. It's going to the right address. You just need to give it time. We're like, we're really sorry. It's out of our control. Um, but yeah, we moderated, uh, mediated, uh, I guess you'd say we were the mediator. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we tried to do that as much as we can because on top of giving streamlined tools to the sellers, if we can handle all of the basic stuff up front, that's more time that they can spend thinking about running their business um, as well. Yeah. And that's a service we offer. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's great. I mean, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, message boards that have transaction moderators and that kind of thing. You're basically acting as a transaction moderator, but it's in your best interest uh, for the reputation of the app. You know, you're, these sellers, you know, they are going to determine the reputation of the app in the long run. So it's in your best interest to curate, take care of that reputation as best you can and jump in and hold them to a standard. Is that fair? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think of, I try not to think of it as somebody coming in and buying a card and leaving. Like this is somebody who, once they make a purchase, they're probably going to purchase again. And the last thing I want is them having a bad experience or not trusting us to do the right thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, within reason, like we want to solve the problem. Like we want you to be happy. <laughs> I guess that's the end of the day. I should just say that we want you to be happy and we'll do everything we can to resolve it. Awesome. Okay, Steve Sir says, hello, little late to the show after some great hockey here in Michigan. Now to catch up on my favorite sports card show. Welcome to the show, Steve. Victor from All Time Greats Blog says, I just downloaded the app, so I can't buy single cards, just breaks for now. So let me let me just see, is because that's a great question. So Eric, I guess, does it not depend on who is live at the moment? And if no one is live selling singles, 
they're you know then you can't buy singles if they're only live because there's no recorded streams is there it's just who's live at the time right right so it really it just depends on the seller so some sellers only do um sealed boxes some do packs and boxes um some do singles some do repacks so it just depends on who's live at the time that you open the app we try to do a push notification so if somebody basketball card guy is on selling singles i try to send a push notification that says specifically he's selling singles and then things like mj kobe rookies shack etc if there's like some big call outs um but we are thinking of i won't give away too much but we are looking at more persistent ways of let's say you're on at 6 a.m and no one is streaming because why would somebody be streaming at 6 a.m um of still offering you something to buy or engage with um so we're thinking about that but the the short answer is it just depends on who's live at any time okay no very cool you know and what i'm what i'm picking up on and i i hope some other people in the audience are i mean if it's the kind of thing that somebody would want to do but if you're looking at the app right now and you're looking for something and it's not there that might be an opportunity to to be that person on loop as a seller right like if i were to go on looking for vintage singles and mm -hmm. nobody on there is doing vintage singles on a regular basis well hey there's an opportunity if you want to be a seller of vintage singles maybe you can go do that and be that guy for now until loop blows up on mm -hmm. on loop the app right like all these things that we're that whatever you're hearing that might not be there that's an opportunity for somebody right now and i think you that's something that you as the ceo and owner of the company would like would like to see happen right fill fill these voids right so there's something there for everybody which is what you said a long time ago anything you'd want to add to that no i think i think you nailed it i mean we're looking to have a diverse set of sellers you know down the line like as we just keep adding like we want we want anything and everything within the hobby to be sold um so we'll we'll get there okay we have we have some more comments we got some more topics so we're gonna we're gonna try and get through everything here uh yyc vintage card says loop sounds like an awesome platform looking forward to go live in canada my only suggestion <laughs> more cowbell i love it i love it uh darren says are singles raw only or does that include slabs too i mean it's whatever they're selling right yeah it's i'd say it's like 60 40 slab when there are singles of slabs to raw um and generally the raw are more things like memorabilia um but like the if you're looking like classic rookies they're probably slabbed um yeah. that's from a you know a stance that a lot of people want to buy like a certain grade or higher um but again it depends on the seller and what they have for sure Lucky K says, besides mediating disputes, do you offer buyer or seller protection? Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. eBay does. I mean, you're, I mean, you are buying through loop. So, I mean, we have fraud detection. Um, we have chargeback protection. Um, we, you know, we have a, I don't want to get too deep into like our system and how we process everything. Um, but yeah, we do. And, you know, if there's, Again, I mean, we're six months in at the end of the day, I need whether you're a seller or a buyer, I want you to be happy as long as you didn't do anything wrong, um, that I'm going to just make sure things flow smoothly. So we had a, we had an issue where, um, there was an issue with a payment and somebody bought, I think it was like hundred dollars and there was a payment issue. And, you know, at the end of the day, we were, we were talking through, 
you know, we, this actually like helped us build something else to like help with that. But at the end of the day, I was like, look, I'm the company will cover it. Like we'll pay the seller the hundred dollars. You just ship that thing to, to the person that thought they bought it and everyone's happy. And hopefully they come back and buy again. And you walked away with, you know, you ripped the pack open. So you got the money that you're expecting. And we just took care of it because um, at the end of the day, we want people to understand like, we're here for you. We want you to enjoy the hobby. Um, and anytime there's an instance like that, it just teaches us something else that we need to build, whether it's a feature or something in our protocol. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So you mentioned uh, in terms of what people are selling, there's there's breaks, there's singles, and there's something that you referred to as, I think, value repacks. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So uh, value uh, market value repacks. I almost messed it up myself. Um, so I love these. Um, but I want to be clear that these are not the repacks that you might find on Instagram or eBay where they sell 50 repacks and one of them has a Luca and it's worth a ton of money. And then all the other packs are worth maybe like 25 or $50 and you paid 200 for them or whatever it was. Um, we ask all of our sellers if they do market value repacks or repacks are only market value. So if they're selling a thousand dollar repack that when you open it, you're getting approximately a thousand dollars in cards, whether that's current market value or there's, you know, it's a, a, like a Kobe card, you know, cards that you expect to go up in value. I think there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room there um, of like, if you go out and you're doing like an exact, exact comp on the last sale on eBay, you know, it might not exactly match, but we we've really had this deep conversation with all of our sellers that want to do repacks. It's like, this is the value that whenever you buy a repack from loop, this is what people should expect. So if you buy a repack from one seller and then one from another, it's not going to be drastically different. Um, and those have, those have done amazing. And I think for me personally, it's, I get really excited when I see a repack that's, it's like, this is the LeBron repack or the LeBron rookie repack. And you don't know exactly what you're going to get, but you have an idea and you're like, wow, I'd love to add LeBron to my uh, personal collection, but I've never really knew what I should buy or it's a hassle to like bid on eBay. When one of our sellers who are an expert in LeBron cards made this curated pack and I'm like, cool, I'll buy that for whatever, two grand. And now I have like this amazing set of LeBron cards for my personal collection. And then maybe like in a month, I'm like, oh, I'll sell a couple of these, but this this one's the one I'm keeping forever. Um, so yeah, that's you know we we're really careful in making sure that we communicate what these are, um, and I think you know people flock to them. They they sell out every single time we have them. So when a seller is offering a repack, I'm I'm a little confused. How many packs would be available typically? And 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 it's basic. And so that's question one. The other part of it is. So they're taking, let's say I've got a hundred cards that I want to sell and I don't just want to show one card at a time and put a price on it. I want to gamify it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I might take those hundred cards, make 10 packs where each one is worth about whatever, a thousand dollars, five, a hundred, whatever it may be. And then I'm going to sell those packs for a hundred dollars so that the buyer has a surprise as to what they're going to get. So it's basically, uh, do, do they then break them on the live stream once every, once they've sold them all yeah, or can yeah. they? Like how, how do, what's the process of being, what's the user experience? What's the buyer experience with one of these? 
So Lab Lab Twenty is a great one that they actually they're actually doing a repack event tomorrow night. I believe it starts at eight p.m. Eastern. So what they do is they they go out and buy know, thirty thousand dollars worth of slabs, mostly slabs, maybe some raw cards, and they do they'll do like football packs. So you buy a hundred dollar pack of football and you get a hundred dollars worth of football cards. And then they'll have like a $500 pack and a thousand dollar pack. And then they have those for basketball and baseball. And, you know, I get unbelievable cards out of those. I actually got, um, is it this one? I actually think I got this LeBron uh, Chrome rookie PSA nine. I actually got this from one of their repacks. Wow. Uh, so they, and they, go, they go pretty, pretty high tier if you want to. Um, so you go in the sales list, you'll see all these repacks available and then you can literally just buy it and then you'll get in the queue and then they go one by one in purchase order. And then sometimes they'll go, Oh, uh, Jeremy, you bought the hundred dollar football pack. We actually have two of those. Do you want the left one or the right one? And then in chat, you type it, um, which is actually something we haven't talked about. Um, our latency is only uh one twentieth of a second. So it's like instant. It left or right, and you're typing left, I get it immediately, and then I'm opening that pack on stream and I'm pulling out, oh, you got this Patrick Mahomes second year um, PSA nine, you know, and then they put that aside and and prep it for shipping. And then the next person that bought the other $100 football pack, like they get that pack. And um, so they rip it live, just like ripping um, brand new wax. Yeah, speaking to latency, I just want to let the you know when when we spoke the other night, you were you're very proud of, of the latency on on the platform. Mm -hmm. So you know how much you know, and, and I, I remember saying to you, you know, even on Instagram, there's often a lot of lag. On, on YouTube, there can be lag, right? But you're saying there's like there's basically one twentieth of a second of lag on mm -hmm. your platform. That's pretty awesome. Is that is that uh, something that that you've got great feedback on from the users do they do they love that do they notice it is it important to them yeah uh it's usually so whenever we onboard a new seller i do a three minute test usually in an off hour i'm like hey can you stream at 10 a.m i'm gonna jump in your stream my name is zilla um so go live i'll jump in and then i'll type in chat to you basically what you're saying and it takes about three minutes and we're done and then you can go stream all you want after that. Um, but I set that up because it's funny because it's the first stream they're doing. Um, I'm the only person usually in the stream talking to them and they'll say something and I'll just answer them. And they're like, oh, that was fast. And I'll be like, yep. And I'm just answering them in real time. And it clicks of just like, oh, this platform is a lot probably, like they had an expectation of this is just Instagram with a streamlined buy tool and then they're <laughs> and then they're actually interacting with me and they're like oh man this is like really this is fast this is nice yeah. um right. so every single new seller we bring on comments it's it's great okay well that that's really cool it's nice to hear i mean and coming from your background it makes sense that that everything would be streamlined and uh really intuitive okay i mean we're gonna get this wrapped up pretty soon here uh there's a few things i still want to get to um you know, a lot of us buyers are very used to, to eBay and the, the the feedback system. Do you have a, is there a feedback system on the, on the platform at this time? Not yet. Um, like I said, we only have maybe two dozen sellers, 
maybe a dozen that are like in the app multiple times a week for long hours. Um, so I think the, the current reputation system is um, did loop approve them and they're not kicked off the service. <laughs> like that's like, that's a level of like expectation that they're a good seller. And really the only difference is just presentation style or what they sell. Like you may like that someone's really loud and like puts on a huge entertainment show, or maybe you really like this other person that's just more chill and it's like hanging out with your buddies. Um, but that's way more subjective than like, this person just isn't good at selling. Like everyone on our platform is like meets a bar. Um, that's not to say in the future as we, you know, add hundreds of sellers um, and different types, different ways to sell that we wouldn't introduce some like star rating or thumbs up, thumbs down, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, Lucky K says, why is your platform faster? Um, we just use a different technology. There's a, I won't get into like the, de the full yeah, details of it. But there's a few different like video um, systems you can use um, or you can build your own or you can use off the shelf systems um, as well as like how do those systems connect to everything else. So like your video could be fine, but you could have other things connected to it that slow it down um, or the, the way you present it. So we just really the last I worked on a game company for a while and our slogan was be cool, be instant. And ever since working there, I just love that. Like everything should be surprise and delight and everything should be super instant. And that even means like down to interacting in video. Awesome. No. So it's technology just to, uh, it's choosing the proper technology to, to build into the infrastructure. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's get into, uh, we're going to move away now from the app itself. And we're just going to talk a, a couple questions I have for you about the hobby in general. And then mm -hmm. we're going to wrap this up. So the first question I have, actually, we'll go back to Joe's question, which was from about an hour ago. I said we'd come back to it, so we're going to do that. He he asked, in what ways will business culture shift in the pandemic, post-pandemic context? Joe going deep. Um, <laughs> so I think the the shift is, it was interesting because the, the pandemic started so, so like, everyone just reacted so quickly to it. I mean, it was like within a month or two months, it was just like everything changed. Everyone's working from home. Um, stores aren't getting foot traffic, all of that stuff. And then slow, I think slowly you're going to see things change. But at the end of the day, um, I think for most people, like they just desire connection and a place to be. So that place to be could be card shows. It could be your card shop. It could be, hanging out in loop every night, could be hanging out in your Facebook groups. And I don't think it's ever going to be one of those things. I think people want variety. So I think, I don't think it's going to be anything mind blowing. I think you're just going to see things start to open up and, you know, we're going to go to more card shows, but you know, what I like about loop is it serves the purpose and that it's always available. So if you want to talk about and buy cards first thing in the morning, if you want to do it when you're trying to fall asleep at 3am, we're there. Um, and we just supplement everything else. Like you could be going to a card show to buy cards directly from someone who otherwise is selling on loop any other night. And that's, that's what, how I like to think about the hobby is everything's kind of interconnected. And um, yeah, that's, it'll be slow, but I think everything's going to open back up, but people want, people want options and variety at any given time. 
Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. My next question, uh, this is one from me, is basically, um, you know, you've this is your this is your business bet, as you said earlier. This is your you know launch a company yourself, uh, really put it all out there. Why why do you believe in the hobby? Um, I, I'm a collector. We actually you touched that, and then I never answered <laughs> or got to it. Um, I'm a collector at heart. Um, I've collected whether it was cards or stamps or coins or action figures or comic books. Um, I love it. Like it, it just gives me something to strive for. And I like, it's a combination of, I like setting my own goals. So it's like, Oh, I want to build up and buy that, that big one. I want to have that, the, the Ninja Turtles number one graded 9.8 in my collection or, or I want a LeBron Chrome in my collection. Um, so it's kind of like, Again, I'm very video game centric. So when you play an open world video game, you complete the story, but there's like a hundred other things you can go complete to hundred percent the game. And uh, for me, like the hobby and other collections is almost like the real world version of that. Of like, I, I find things I like and want to collect and, and put things together. And I, I just really, really like that. And, you know, I why I like the hobby specific like sports cards specifically is the community is just so involved <laughs> like yeah. like you see people on twitter all the time talking about cards and trading and trying helping people find other cards that they want for their collection um like that's amazing like you don't see that in a lot of markets and to step into a market where that's already kind of like the expected behavior is a really really great place i want to be okay right on and my, my last question before we get into the Sports Cards Live 5 is how does the future of the hobby look to you in terms of, um, you know, right now we're seeing, you know, the cards have gone nuts in terms of value. Where mm -hmm. do you see, where do you see the hobby a year from now? Yeah, I think you're going to see more variety enter the space. And, and I don't, I'm not a producer of cards, so I don't know what, how, what that looks like. But when you have people lining up at a store every morning or, you know, morning of restock yep. and immediately selling out, like there is not enough supply. And I'm not asking Panini to go out and print more select. Like I think select is a product that, it, you know, should be only printed or the cup or these super, these more expensive rare brands but um i do think there is a place for cheaper product still um you know i think it's it's going to be interesting to see how cards are produced in you know a year to two years like what what needs now that now that there's so many people collecting so much i think it's starting to show holes in the market of like oh, there's actually a need for this, or there's different tiers where we could fill. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see who who succeeds and who fails there. Um, NFTs are super interesting, mostly just from the fact that like people are buying them only to sell them immediately to make money to a smaller group who are like long-term holders on it. So again, I think NFTs are going to be really interesting and maybe how they how they intermingle with 
physical cards and other physical collectibles, obviously. Like I know there's so much digital art out there now just blowing up. Okay. No, good. Interesting answer. I appreciate the insight. Okay. A couple of comments here. Um, Darren says, I think the hobby is going to be strong post-pandemic fantasy sports. People like myself have now been turned onto something similar that can be year-round dynasty-type situation. Totally. Brandon, I agree with that. Brandon Metalberg says, just joined Loop. Let's dive in. Awesome. Uh, Lucky K says, perhaps you should have specified shipping standards for sellers. It will give another reason for buyers to use your platform. Nothing worse than top loaders not being used and people using scotch tape. Do you have standards already set for the shipping? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's no scotch tape. Um, <laughs> um, everyone uses bubble mailers and boxes, and they top load um, any card that's even remotely collectible gets penny sleeved. Um, any card that's even remotely of value gets put in a top loader, and if it's a thick card, it gets put in an, um, like a one touch. So um, that's again, that's kind of like our loop seller community coming together. Like I didn't really have to force that. Um, it's all just been kind of like, like it's just expected, like they know it. Um, so that luckily I just haven't really had to enforce it. It's just like they've done it themselves. But again, well, again, that's part of the vetting process is like, have you been doing this long enough that you probably know that that's the standard? Yeah, this isn't this isn't eBay guys. I think that's what's important to know. They're they're yeah. vetting the they're vetting the sellers, and you know I will just caution you, Eric, that as you as you do scale up, you know you you may need to just make sure that you're keeping your finger on the pulse of that, and make and you know ensuring that the that people aren't using scotch tape and are and are you know taking care of the car. But it sounds like you got that covered, so uh, we'll leave it at that. But um, sounds like it's already happening, which is awesome. Okay. Let's jump in and do the uh, what I like to call the Sports Cards Live 5. Nope, wrong banner. There it is, Sports Cards Live 5. So five there questions, we Eric. We're not going to rapid fire them. Actually, the first one I'm going to ask you to take a bit more time and show some cards. So number one, what's your favorite card in your personal collection? You can show a few if you want. Um, so I just so I sewed the, the LeBron Chrome already. So I just picked these two up. Um, these are the first vintage cards I've ever bought for my collection. Um, so I have the 1953 Jackie mm. Robinson. That's only a PSA two. If you've ever looked at the prices on these, um, I will, I'll be doing pretty well for myself if I ever own anything above maybe a six. Um, but I just love the way the cards look. And then I also got the, the satchel page from that 1953 set. Beauty. Every card in this set's amazing. These are, Two of the better ones. And then obviously the mantle, um, you know, the mantle is like probably 3X or more the price of these for obvious reasons. Um, so these are just really important to me. First vintage. Um, it's really got me think about diversifying my collection of like, I have a lot of Kobe's and LeBron's and modern baseball players, but, you know, seeing a card from, you know, 70 years ago <laughs> is like really puts in perspective of like, wow, this, you know, this hobby predates me and it's so cool to see these still intact. Yeah, beautiful card. Number two, what is the top card on your want list right now? Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Bumblebee, University of Miami. Um, Very. Unfortunately, there was a, someone in the Miami area had one and I went through and made an offer and they decided not to sell. So I might, I might have to hit the, hit the eBay for that one. Okay, question number three. Where is your favorite place to buy cards? 
Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's to show my own product, but it is actually true is, is Loop, just because I, I like hanging out with people in chat um, when I buy my cards. Nothing wrong with that, man. Number four, if you could change one thing about the hobby, what would it be that you haven't changed yet? Um, I think um, more women in the hobby. Um, I've definitely, I've definitely seen women in the hobby. There are collectors, but when we were doing our research, um, you know, forty to fifty percent of professional sports fans are women. Um, but actually, when you look into the data, it's like less than ten percent of card collectors are women. Um, and I think that's just a huge missed opportunity um, for both the both collectors as a community, but also, you know, the suppliers like Panini and Tops, um, it kind of really shows that there's a there's a big difference between the 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 if you want to get down to it, like the marketing and the way that the cards are presented. So yeah. um, I think that's that's some place I'd like to see the hobby get a lot better. Okay. And final question, what is your biggest hobby purchase or sale regret? Oh um, <laughs> I knew exactly right off the bat. Um, so I bought a box of select that I ripped at home and I got a Dwayne Wade uh, one of one auto and I should not have sold that card. I should have got it graded, held on to it. Um, and so it, like if I wanted to sell it later, but you know, this was peak um, Eric sitting at home in the middle of a pandemic trying to get fundraising for a company. So he's going to sell this card and get some money to pay the bills. Um, but that is my biggest regret. Um, I will probably never own that card again. Um, but yeah, I'm not making that mistake again. No. All right, man. Thank you for playing sports cards live five. Appreciate that. Um, okay. So we are going to wrap up here pretty quick. Uh, we have a comment from Darren says, love the vintage baseball. My first teaching paycheck went to vintage baseball cards, nothing that would grade well, but love them for the historical artifacts that they are. And as I had up earlier, Sanders and says, Eric, if you're going to go big, if you're going to go, go big. Great. Jackie Robinson and uh, Chad Chipper, welcome to the show. Better late than never for sure. Okay, man. Well, listen, I think we've covered everything I had on, on my notes. Uh, we had some great interaction with the chat here today. So I want to thank you for joining. Eric has been really eye-opening to learn about what you're doing with Loop, who you are. It's been, it's been great to get to know you. I got to spend two nights with you, which is the, the benefit of what I do. Um, just meeting more people in the hobby like yourself is awesome. So uh, before we, we do end this, I'll let everybody know that, um, again, Major League Socks gave us this 20%. I just, if you want socks, mostly hockey, some baseball, um, use the promo code Sports Cards Live for 20% off. That was really generous of them to give that to us. Let everybody remind everybody next week uh, from Otis, the CEO, Michael Karnjanapakorn, will be joining. And then more episodes coming after that. And tonight on After Hours, we're going to start in about 15 minutes with Eric Myers. Eric, if you are watching right now, I'll see you in the studio in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, otherwise, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. Eric, you hang tight right there. Thank you, Facebook user. Thank you, Darren. Lucky K says, good luck with Loop. I'll join tomorrow. Right on. Great to hear. That's it, everybody. We'll see you on After Hours in about 15 minutes. Um, everybody else, if you don't join, we'll see you next week. Eric, hang tight. And... Uh, 
That's it for April the 17th, Sports Cards Live. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.